Facilities Commission is called to order. Could we have a roll call, please? President Paulson? Here. Vice President Rivera? Here. Commissioner Jami is expected later. We'll be back. Commissioner we'll Maxwell? Be there soon. Commissioner Maxwell? Commissioner Stacy? We have a quorum. Thank you. So, um, before we get to the first item, I'd like to say that the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission acknowledges that it owns and are stewards of the unceded lands located within the ethno-historic territory of the Muwekla Ohlone tribe and other familiar descendants of the historically federally recognized Mission San Jose Verona Band of Alameda County. The SFPUC also recognizes that every citizen residing within the greater Bay Area has and continues to benefit from the use and occupation of the Moekula Ohlone tribe's aboriginal lands since before and after the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission's founding in 1932. It is vitally important that we not only recognize the history of the tribal lands on which we reside, but also we acknowledge and honor the fact that the Muwekwa Ohlone people have established a working partnership with the SFPUC and are productive and flourishing members within the many great area, greater Bay Area communities today. So um, can we call the first item, please, Donna? Item three is approval of the minutes of February 13, 2024. The commissioners are any corrections to the minutes of the meeting seeing none um, we will open item three the minutes to uh, public comment do we have any members of the public present to provide comment on the minutes see none and we okay. have no uh, remote callers okay seeing none so can i get a motion and second to approve the minutes of february 13th motion to approve second there's a motion and second can we have a roll call please president paulson Aye. Vice President Rivera? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Commissioner Stacy? Aye. You have four ayes. Thank you. So now let's open uh, general public comment. Uh, Donna? Do you have any members of the public present to provide comments on items that are within the Commission's jurisdiction and are not on, not on today's agenda? I see none. Seeing none in the audience, are there, is there, was there anything on? Uh, we have no callers in the queue. No callers. Okay, so let us go to item five, please, which is the report of the general manager. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. President. Uh, item A is our quarterly audit and performance review report. Irella Blackwell, Blackwood will be presenting. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Irella Blackwood, and I'm the SFPC Audit Director. Thank you for having me here today. May I please have the slides? So as I present this quarterly audit and performance review report, as of December 31st of 2023, 13 audits, or 41% of the year's planned portfolio, have been completed. An additional 38% of the planned audits were in progress at the end of the second quarter, and the remaining seven are scheduled to commence in the current quarter or later this fiscal year. Of the audits completed as of the close of the second quarter, eight were financial audits, four were performance audits, and one was from the Revenue Bond Oversight Committee. 
At this time, there are 11 financial audits either in progress or scheduled to commence this year, along with six additional performance audits, one additional revenue bond oversight committee audit, and one audit focused on a revenue lease. Here are some details of the three audits that were completed in the second quarter. In November, our Information Technology Services Division completed the fiscal year 2023-24 Interconnection Security Agreement. This is an annual assessment required by the controller's office to ensure the confidentiality and integrity of the controller's operated enterprise level systems and associated data. This audit is in accordance with the Federal Financial Institutions Examination Security Framework and the National Institute of Standards and Technology Framework. In December, the controller's office also released the Social Impact Partnership Program Audit Field Follow-Up Report and the Wholesale Revenue Requirement Statement of Changes in Balancing Account for fiscal year 2021 through 2022. So we would like to take the opportunity to provide details on the controller's office report of the field follow-up for the social impact program audit. So to recap, um, from late 2021, City Services Auditor issued seven recommendations to improve controls, record keeping, monitoring policies and procedures, systems and resources to ensure program success. These recommendations were implemented by the SFPUC over the course of the next year with the final two recommendations closed by CSA in early 2023. This field follow-up was undertaken by CSA to assess the status of these implementations. So the result of this field follow-up was that uh, it was a validation of all the SFPC responses received by the controller's office and a reaffirmation of the intent of all recommendations had been fulfilled through the various improvements put in place by the SFPC. This is a slide that talks about our open recommendations. The Audit Bureau actively monitors and all open recommendations throughout the agency to ensure they are addressed and implemented according to the respective deadlines. As of December 31st, 2023, recommendations remained open across two audits, 15 stemming from the Sewer System Improvement Program Management Contract Audit and an additional eight from the Revenue Lease Audit of Crystal Springs Golf Partners. Moving forward, we anticipate a completion of a total of 12 audits during the third quarter of the fiscal year. Those audits include the fiscal year 2022-2023, audited financial statements for water, wastewater, and Hetch Hetchy, and power, the Chapter 6 Delegated Authority Audit, the Solace Procurement and Public Integrity Assessment, the fiscal year 2022-2023 Annual Comprehensive Financial Report, and the popular annual financial report. The critical infrastructure protection and operations and planning reliability standards audit and the budget and legislative analyst conflicts of, audit, conflicts of interest audit. The audit bureau's inventory performance assessment and the phase three of the revenue bond programs audit and the 2021 cap audit. So we anticipate a kickoff of a total of four audits this quarter, namely the wholesale revenue requirement, the statement of changes in balancing account for fiscal year 2022-23, and the single audit for the fiscal year 2022-2023.
the Customer Assistance Program Post-Enrollment Verification, and the Mission Rock Valley Rock Revenue Lease Audit. Thank you for your time, and I'm available for any questions. So thank you. Um, obviously, lots of stuff going on, and thanks for doing all that work, because also important um, to see those reports. Uh, Commissioner Stacy, questions, comments? Uh, thank you. On <clears throat> thank you for the presentation and the hard work. I have a question on your slide five, the open audits and recommendations. <clears throat> if I'm reading this right, we have, we have not completed any of these um, recommendations, but we have a target close date of next month. Is yes. So um, actually there are some movement on those particular recommendations that were listed as, o as open. Remember this is a snapshot point in time that is as of December 31st for last year. So there has been some activity done since, since then for the month of January, this month here in February, and yes, closing out in March. And so that is a reasonable expectation that they will be closed out in March. We're, we're hoping that we will have some more traction. So yes, it is a reasonable expectation. Okay, thank you. Yes. Commissioner Maxwell? Yes, I'm probably in the same slide. Um, can you give me a, a, an example of um, what contract improvements that they would look for? It says, Public Utilities Commission should improve its contract management. So can you give me an example of what specifically what they mean by that? Um, for this report, um, they focused on an improvement of our policies and procedures throughout the agency around contract management, um, better tracking of um, changes to any contracts. We all know that there's lots of amendments to contracts, and sometimes this can be better tracked. Um, I think we attached the full report, if, if I'm not mistaken, and it, those areas that CSA listed are, um, are provided in the report as well that we have? I believe it was included. If not, we can make sure we, we get you the full report so you can see the specific examples that CSA line um, outlined. Okay, those are some of the ones that you feel that you all can do within a couple of weeks. So there has been some traction, like I said. Um, this is a snapshot in time. Um, as of December 31st of last year. And so there has been some traction that has been done in January and February up to this point. And so I feel like the March timeline is still reasonable. Were these some of these things, were they carryovers from other audits that had been done before? Um, this is a standalone audit. Um, this particular recommendation stems from a standalone audit. We track each of these recommendations through an internal system and we make sure um, there's no kind of overlap between the different audits. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Any more questions of commissioners or, or comments? And I do want to just note, in the meantime, all commissioners, please raise your hand because I think we're having a little bit of trouble with the uh, official queue, but I did see you, Commissioner. Any other questions from commissioners? Um, okay, well, thank you um, for your report. We look forward to every time you come up here. Okay, thank you. Important, uh, important part of our um, performancing. So, thank you. Um, do we have, um, I guess we should open this up to public comment. Or, or 
Mr. General Manager, is there anything else in your uh, report? No, you have to go to public comment first. Yeah, so let's, um, let's open this up to public comment. Thank you. Do we have any members of the public to provide comment on item 5A present? See none, and we have no callers in the queue. Okay, thank you. Um, Mr. General Manager. Okay, uh, that concludes my report, Mr. President. Great, thank you. Okay, um, 5B is a report on different activities. Is there anything else that needs to be announced uh, today? Okay, seeing none, um, let us go to the consent calendar. Item six is your consent calendar. Okay, so we have a whole pile of stuff here on the consent calendar. Do we have any, yes we do, we have any questions or anything else that has to um, be discussed? So let's start with Commissioner Stacy. Thank you. I had a question on <clears throat> 6A, the moccasin wastewater, and 6I, the um, increase in the contract contingencies for the West Side pump station. On the moccasin wastewater, um, are we replacing it exactly with the same kind of wastewater system, or have there been any modernizations or upgrades? I think I see somebody to address that. Please, if you could come identify yourself, please. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Atta Ratbar. I'm the project manager of the Marcusin Wastewater Treatment Plant Project. As you said, yes, there, are, there is going to be modernization. We have looked at the data of the city of Marcusin population, their usage over the last five years, and we are increasing the capacity of the wastewater treatment plant as part of this project. And it will use the same techniques and the same processes that are being currently used in that wastewater system? Correct, yeah. Thank you, and then on <clears throat> 6I, we're adding both uh, money and time this is the West Side, the West Side pump, pump, side station. pump Station item I. Yes. Which I had a question also. But. Um, so we're adding to the cost and the duration contingencies. Is that because we've already spent down some of the contingency money, or are you anticipating that we are, we are going to incur more costs and need more time, so we're adding to the contingencies now? Good afternoon, Commissioners and President Paulson. Uh, my name is Brian Carlomagno. I'm the Senior Project Manager for this project. Um, we've expended approximately uh, 975000 of the existing project contingency, and we're expecting additional um, costs due to unforeseen conditions experienced on the site. We're currently over 50% construction complete, and uh, we need additional time and uh, funding for those un uh, unforeseen expected um, conditions that we've experienced to date and uh, as we track the project to 100% completion. I see. And do you expect to spend down all of the contingency funding? Uh, condition to the GM's approval, yes. We do expect uh, to spend down our existing contingency and this additional request that we've requested. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Stacy. Okay, Commissioner Maxwell. Thank you. Um, <coughs> item G and H. Item um, 6G and 6H. Uh, we've 
It says um, Ojo informed the San Francisco PUC. Oh, Ojo informed the San Francisco PUC that it was taken over by another firm. What do we know about that firm, and do we did we go through the same um, process, you know, in identifying who it was and what they do as we did with the um, Ojo? Um, hello, commissioners. I'm Amanda Higgins from Emergency Planning and Security. Um, so um, last year, the commission awarded this contract to OHO Technologies. And um, in December, they informed us that they have been acquired by Convergent um, Technologies. And so that's the purpose of the novation, but they are um, a Linnell value-added reseller and certified to work on our security systems. All right, thank you. Yeah. And then um, on H, 6H, um, a little bit more information regarding the sole responsible bidder, one bidder, why? Good afternoon, Commissioners, President Olson. My name is Tracy Kale, Project Manager for the Regional Groundwater Project. Um, the reason for only one bidder that accepted it is because uh, some of the reasons that we got from the contractors is one, it's close to the holidays, and two, um, also there are other projects that they think they feel more like bidding instead of this project. This project is very specialized, and not many cons contractors are, have that much of experience. Okay. And then the ones who did have experience had other? Yes, that is correct. Um, I, I noticed during the uh, bid opening date, uh, the contractors that have experience bid on another projects, not, not this project. All right. And then so have we decided maybe not to open up biddings during holidays? <laughs> is that something we maybe learned? Yes, that's, that's one good lessons learned. So in the future, we will definitely avoid opening bids during the um, bigger holidays. And are any of these contractors working for us already? That one of the contractors that um, did not bid actually work on one of our, regional, one of our local groundwater projects. So um, it's just a matter of choosing which, one, which projects fit their needs and also the priorities that they have on their company. All right. Were, was there any concern that, you know, because we only had one bidder, um, that the price goes up? Is it still competitive, or do we still know that we've gotten? The, the engineer's estimate is $8 million, and the lowest bid, which is a single bid, is way less than that. It's less than $7 million. So we believe that the estimate or the proposal that we received from the bidder is appropriate at this time. Okay, and we looked in to make sure there won't be any change orders that will ratchet it up to? We do not anticipate, but because um, part of the scope of work is actually excavating, digging along um, roads, mm -hmm. so you will never know, even if we had really good utility investigation and also included in our as-built, um, 
there are sometimes there are utilities that you don't know that they were not captured during the investigation. So those are the unforeseen conditions that we think are going to be possible change orders. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you. Commissioners, any other uh, questions uh, regarding the consent calendar? Seeing none, let us open this to public comment. Do we have any members of the public present to provide comment on item six, the consent calendar? <clears throat> I see none, and we have no callers. Okay, thank you. So can we have a motion and second to approve the consult? Consent calendar, please. Move to approve. Second. So there's a motion and second. Can we have a roll call, please? President Paulson? Aye. Vice President Rivera? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Stacy? Aye. And you have four ayes. Okay. So let's go to the regular calendar. Item seven, please. Donna, can you read item seven? Item seven, approve amendment number five to contract number CS109 to increase the contract amount by $1 million for a new contract amount of $10,950,000 and to increase the contract duration by three years for a total new contract duration of 16 years and six months. Good afternoon, commissioners. Barbara Palacios, project manager for the Westside Enhanced Water Recycling Project. The agenda item before you today is requesting your approval of amendment number five to agreement CS109, Specialized Engineering Services for Recycled Water Projects. This amendment will allow the SFPUC to have continued engineering and technical support services related to the construction and commissioning of the new Westside Enhanced Water Recycling Facility. Due to the failure of critical electrical equipment last summer, the construction completion of the treatment facility has been delayed by at least two years as we go through the long procurement process for the replacement equipment. The modification of the CS109 contract will ensure that the project has engineering support from the consultant team through the remainder of the construction phase, into the commissioning process, and through early operation. In addition, as we are also working to add additional recycled water customers to the system, such as the Lower Great Highway and the San Francisco Zoo, the consultant team will also support the SFPUC in completing the regulatory and permitting process for those proposed uses. And with that, I'm open to your questions. So I have just one quick question. I just want to make sure that this is what we were reported on maybe a few months ago um, when because of certain delays that were happening there was a readjustment in the in the equipment that was going to be put together because there was some erosion and whatever based on the delays and that was an opportunity to change the engineering to put together a, a piece that was going to resist you know the erosion that that took place am i correct on that 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 is essentially a, a big part of what this uh, adjustment is correct um, well, this consultant team did support us in analyzing. Um, we're still in the process of uh, the root cause failure analysis for that equipment. But let me, so maybe I mis- misstated this. Mm-hmm. Th- this was the outfit that helped us get this thing re put together? No, go to the, my original question. Continue. Yeah, this Continue. Yeah, they're just providing engineering support services. Got it. Okay. Yeah, this said. is not the contract itself. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Any other questions on item seven? Okay, seeing none, um, let us uh, put this open to uh, the general public. Thank you. Thank you for your presentation. Appreciate it. 
Do we have any members of the public present to provide comment on item number seven? I see none, and we have no callers in the queue. Okay, so can we get a motion and second to approve item seven, please? So moved. Second. There's a motion and second. Can we have a roll call, please? President Paulson? Aye. Commissioner Rivera? Um, Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Stacy? Aye. You have four ayes. Okay, thank you. Um, let's go to uh, item eight, please. Item eight, approve a memorandum of understanding with the San Francisco Recreation and Park Department to define the party's roles and responsibilities for the <coughs> San Francisco Zoo Recycled Water Project and authorize the general manager to seek such actions deemed necessary or appropriate to implement or modify the MOU. Richie. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Steve Ritchie, Assistant General Manager for Water. Uh, this item relates to an MOU between the Recreation and Park Department uh, and the PUC for the San Francisco Zoo Recycled Water Project. Okay, we'll shift to this. Um, the project will supply about 200,000 gallons per day of recycled water to the San Francisco Zoo for animal exhibit washdown and animal pool filling and the irrigation of the Lower Great Highway. Uh, the project will offset close to 100% of current groundwater use with recycled water so that we can use that groundwater as part of our San Francisco groundwater project. Uh, and I would say that uh, this use by the zoo is... Uh, you know, one of the few in the U.S. where they're actually moving to recycled water, but this is a trend that we're uh, part of here. Uh, some of the key terms of the MOU uh, will construct a pipeline to deliver recycled water to the zoo and the Lower Great Highway. Following construction, we will take over ownership and operations of the groundwater infrastructure, which we'll use in part as backup to the recycled water. Uh, the San Francisco Recreation and Park Department will continue to own, operate, and maintain the reservoir and pump station and the lower Great Highway system. Uh, and just to make sure the commissioners are aware, the zoo is actually a tenant of the Recreation and Park Department, so that's why our MOU is with the Recreation and Park Department. Um, we will reimburse uh, the Recreation and Park Department for mutually agreed upon expenses associated with the construction. Uh, and we will fund a staff position to manage recycled water across different recreation and park department sites. They will be our biggest user of recycled water, so we think it's uh, in our utility's interest to make sure that uh, we stay connected with all of the projects. Uh, we will compensate them for the well uh, and the pipeline, uh, and then we will charge recycled water for uh, recreation and park department at a cost roughly equivalent to the historic costs of groundwater usage by them. Uh, they will be responsible to implement the retrofits at the Lower Great Highway. Um, this map shows the project area. Uh, on the right-hand side is the Lower Great Highway, of course, so that entire length will be potentially irrigated with recycled water. Uh, on the left is the zoo area, uh, and you'll see there's a solid purple line that runs up alongside that. that is the existing pipeline that we have constructed for the recycled water being delivered up to Golden Gate Park. And then that dashed line coming off to the left of it there uh, will be the recycled water line going to the reservoir, which will distribute the recycled water. The purple areas of the map show where the recycled water will be used within, <coughs> excuse me, within the zoo. 
Uh, and then that green uh, arrow on the left, actually the upper arrow, uh, is where water will be taken off from that pipeline and moved up to the lower Great Highway. Uh, so it's actually a fairly simple project in getting water into them in terms of recycled water. So with that, uh, we would recommend adoption of the MOU and be happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Mr. Ritchie. Supervisor Maxwell. Uh, Thank you. Commissioner Maxwell. Thank you. Um, a rose by any other name. Um, <laughs> one of the few, you, you said, you mentioned that this was one of the few zoos in the country to do Recycling. Yeah, I, I don't have an exact number, but I know that we've, we started talking about this maybe 10 years ago, and no zoo was using it. There were a lot of, a lot of concerns about recycled water in contact with animals, mm -hmm. uh, and that's been researched over time. So I think the Denver Zoo might have been the first one, uh, and we're probably within the first you know half a dozen uh, zoos around the country doing this. So is that, um, you know, so it's a desalinization process, correct? Oh uh, yeah, well, our process for treatment at the at the West Side project uh, that you heard discussed earlier that you know we're trying to get through some problems there um, that includes ultimately uh, reverse osmosis, which actually removes uh, a lot of the salts as well. So this is this is very highly treated wastewater, uh, more than your run-of-the-mill recycled water that we'd use for irrigation of uh, of a uh, farmland, for example. Right. So it's almost. Um, this, is this is pretty darn close to drinkable. Okay. All right. Thank you. Please. No, you go on. I'm sorry. You might answer my question. You might ask the same question. Mr. Stacy. Um, I just had a question about what was going to be happening in the lower grade highway when you say it's that we need to retrofit it. Are there already pipelines there that we are connecting to, or do we have to lay pipelines for that irrigation system at the lower Great Highway? Um, I don't think we need to lay pipelines. I'm, I'm getting a big no from staff on no, no new pipelines. The retrofits basically <clears throat> are converting all the, the, the appurtenances to things that are suitable for recycled water, both in terms of identification as well as their delivery. So that area is, is irrigated now with potable, potable water to the extent it needs to be irrigated. irrigated. Uh, we'll just be shifting over to recycled water for that. See. It's not actually a big user because it's literally right there on the ocean. Yeah. And it, it seems to me that there are a, f a few um, policies that the PUC is pursuing with this water project and with the agreement with Rec Park that we're freeing up groundwater that you mm -hmm, know, may correct. become available in another um, context. So it's in a way, it's not just about um, this pr providing water to Rec Park and the zoo, but really thinking through the system and how we use groundwater in other ways, or how we would use yeah. this groundwater in other ways. Yeah, that. That, that is absolutely correct. Both here and in Golden Gate Park, the Recreation and Park Department has historically used groundwater. That water is suitable for potable purposes. So basically replacing those irrigation uses, or in this case, animal uh, you know, pools and others with recycled water is really a, a great example of the appropriate water quality for the appropriate use. So lesser water quality is necessary for these so that we can use the higher quality groundwater for drinking purposes. Thank you. Question, Commissioner Maxwell? 
So the animals can drink this water because they will drink it, right? I mean, if it's oh, a, I, you know. I'm 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 sure they they will wallow in it. And uh, <laughs> uh, again, th this is not suitable for human drinking. But again, there's been a lot of research done in the last uh, you know decade or so to really make sure that recycled water is safe for for animal usage. So after this water is recycled, um, does the water itself change? I mean, it's already taken some things out of it and. Um, and now maybe something's been put back, I don't know, but does the water itself change? Well, the water itself, um, animals will do a lot of things in the water. Well, uh, yeah, no, but I don't mean, I, I didn't mean their water particularly. I, I'm just wondering about the process. Um, you know, if we yeah, keep it's, it's recycling the, and recycling, do we end up with a bunch of gunk at the end of the day, you know, when it goes out because there's... I mean, well, the, the recycled water process at the west side, again, includes uh, reverse osmosis. So that produces a concentrate, which actually, as part of that project, will be discharged through the wastewater outfall uh, at SWU there, uh, along with the secondary treated water from the uh, Oceanside plant. Yeah, I guess that's what I was referring to. Yeah. There's, there's always some residual someplace that has to go someplace. Right. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Any other questions for Mr. Ritchie about this agreement? Okay, um, seeing none, let's open this up to general, and thank you for that report. Uh, let's open this up to public comment, please. Item eight. Do we have any members of the public present to provide comment on item eight? Seeing, seeing none. none. And we have no callers in the queue. Okay, seeing none, um, then let us, uh, is there a motion and second to approve this memorandum of understanding? Move to approve the uh, MOU. Second. There's a motion and a second to roll call, please. President Paulson? Aye. Vice President Rivera? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Stacy? Aye. You have four ayes. Okay, so let us um, read item nine, please. Item 9, approve the second amendment to the agreement between the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission and the Santa Clara Valley Water District for long-term operation and maintenance of the inner tie located in Milpitas. Good afternoon, commissioners. I'm Angela Chung, Water Supply and Treatment Division Manager. Um, the SFPUC and the Santa Clara Valley Water District jointly own an inner tie facility in Milpitas. The Inotide can supply up to 40 million gallons a day of water in either direction, in an emergency or for critical work when supplemental water is needed. This Inotide has been operational since the year 2000. The original operation and maintenance agreement allowed either one of us to do the operation, but put the maintenance responsibility on the PUC. In practice, the district has been the sole operator because the operation of the Inotide could impact their system unless they're the ones operating it. There was a five-year period in the last 24 years, from 2009 to 2013, that the district served as the O&M party when we were in the thick of implementing WISIP. This was done through the first amendment to the O&M agreement. In 2014, maintenance of the Intertie came back to us, effectively making us the O&M party for the last 10 years. Starting this July and going forward, we want to once again designate the district as the O&M party for the Inotai. And we want to do this through the Second Amendment to the O&M Agreement. There are two main reasons for doing this. 
One is that even though WSIP is over uh, for the most part, our staff are finding themselves to be very busy operating and maintaining facilities and systems added by WSIP. The second reason is that it's more efficient for the district staff to work on the InnoTie because they're located closer to InnoTie versus our staff going from Millbrae or Snow. The district is fine being the O&M party going forward, but they didn't want to commit to this role in perpetuity. We agreed that we would jointly review this designation every five years, and this provision is included in the Second Amendment. With that, I'll take any questions the Commission may have. Okay, thank you um, for that report and update. Uh, commissioners, uh, any questions? Okay, thank you for the report. Seeing no questions from the commissioners, let's open this to public comment. Item nine, please. Do any members of the public present to provide comment on item nine? See none, and we have no callers in the queue. Okay, thank you. Um, so do I have a motion and second to approve this amendment? Move to approve. Second. Can we have a roll call, please? President Paulson? Aye. Vice President Rivera? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Stacy? Aye. You have four ayes. Thank you. So item 10, can you read item 10, please, Donna? <clears throat> item 10, approve an amended and restated memorandum of understanding between the Treasure Island Development Authority and the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission to continue to provide utility services for Naval Station Treasure Island for an initial two-year term with an option exercisable by the general manager and title director to extend the amended and restated MOU up to an additional six years. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Ron Flynn, Deputy General Manager. Uh, I'm here today to request approval of a um, amended and restated memorandum of understanding with um, the Treasure Island Development Authority. The Treasure Island Development Authority is responsible for the caretaker duties on the former Naval Station um, Treasure Island, which consists of both Treasure Island and um, Yerba Buena. Titus caretaker responsibilities include the operation, maintenance, and repair of the Navy's utility systems that service the islands. Through consecutive MOUs between the SFP and TIDA, SFPUC has been providing service um, utility services on the islands on behalf of TIDA. This includes the operation and maintenance of the active naval utility systems and the delivery of utilities directly to occupants of the island. This includes not just electricity, it, but also includes natural gas, water, stormwater management, and the existing wastewater treatment plant. The infrastructure on the island transferred from the Navy to TIDA does not meet current SFPUC standards. The infrastructure um, um, on the island is um, that, um, the outdated infrastructure creates a condition of risk of failure. So the SFPUC has been working with TIDA on plans for the development and transfer to the city of new utility systems that will both meet SFPUC standards and allow the SFPUC to provide the same level of service to the island residents as it does everywhere without putting the SFPUC ratepayers rate at risk for the failure of Navy's infrastructure. The first transfer of some new pipes to the city happened last month at the Board of Supervisor, and it will be effective next month. 
The process will continue with some new existing new pump stations being accepted by the city and of course the commissioning of the brand new wastewater treatment plant being built on Treasure Island. In the meantime, SFPUC continues to operate and maintain the old system as a, con as a contractor, not as a utility provider, and continues to make recommendations to TIDA on the system improvements. The current MOU expired on June 30th, 2022, and the parties have been operating as if um, under the old terms. The primary um, role of the MOU is to ensure that the, the liability stays between the parties for the equipment and that TIDA reimburses the PUC for the cost of its services so we don't make a loss and we don't make a profit. This MOU, though, is different from the prior one in really one primary way. Um, the other ones were just one year and then start to negotiate in one year and not a lot changes, but a lot happens, just time goes by. So this one is a two-year term with the ability to continue for up to six years extension. So it is an ability to carry this forward um, and to make any amendments that we would have to do. There are other small changes in tenses of things. For instance, um, um, TIDA had a reimbursement obligation for some past due bills that just get, kept getting repeated. They've paid those obligations, so that's now described in the past tense. But the, the primary difference is that we have, we're going from one year, one year to a longer term MOU. Titus Commission approved this last week, and we are asking for your approval. So thank you um, for explaining and putting at least the, the, the bones of the details as to the history of, of this particular relationship. And, um, and I'm, I'm very glad that you, know, you led very much with saying that this is not ideal and up to our standards, because as I have and other commissioners have probably mentioned during the course of um, you know, talking about uh, Treasure Island, um, that you know, those are some of the you know, most disturbing of the notices that we get um, regarding the fact that there's a failure here and it goes out, the power goes out, and then it goes back up again. So um, just saying that this is a continuation, in many ways, the status quo, besides, you know, taking up the time, two years with a six-year um, sunset, but you get to start negotiating. I guess here's my first question. You're starting to, you can renegotiate amendments in the third year or after the two years, you said two to six years. It's, um, it's, it's a two-year term, and then it can be extended for two years, and it can be extended for two years. So okay. it's a, it's a, it's a, the initial one is two years. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Um, um, and But I guess my longer question I'm not going to ask. I guess I'm just going to say thank you for um, talking about how this is not, you know, this is sort of like moving the can down the road, waiting for all this stuff to get fixed and finished, and, but we do have an obligation to make sure that the residents and the folks do have the utilities and the power that they need, even though it is not technically our responsibility. I guess just hearing that out loud, I'm just, um, I'm just um, appreciate it that you put it all in that context, so thank you. I yes, guess. this is for the old system, not the new systems Correct. that are coming, that are you know being accepted, that are coming to us. So, so those will be San Francisco utility systems. Okay, it's messy, but I, we understand. Um, any other questions or comments, please, Commissioner Maxwell? Yeah, how did you arrive at six years and not eight or ten? Um, well, it allows for a different six, just because we're hoping to have 
major improvements and changes um, um, coming forward. If it's 10 years, then it has it has to go to the board. So we're just, you know, let's put the, let's agree, put this over here and start working on the real things that have to happen on the island, which are, you know, new infrastructure and how we review and accept it and those things. All right, thank you. Sure. Got it, thanks. Um, any other questions or comments um, from commissioners? Okay, item 10, let's go to public comment, please. Do we have any members of the public present to provide comment on item number 10? I see none and we have no caller in the queue. Okay, seeing no public comment, um, queuing up. Um, can I get a motion and second to approve this amendment of the MOU, item 10? Move to approve. There's a motion and second to approve item 10. Can we have a roll call, please? President Paulson? Aye. Vice President Rivera? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Stacy? Aye. We have four ayes. Okay, thank you. Um, item 11, can we read item 11, please? Item 11, accept and expend federal funds sourced from the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 and administered by the State Water, State Water Resources Control Board to provide assistance to eligible residential and commercial customers who accrued water and or wastewater arrears or receive discount for water and or wastewater services during the extended COVID-19 pandemic period from June 16, 2021 to December 31, 2022, the approximate amount of $23.3 million. Okay. Hello, commissioners. Good afternoon. Uh, may I have the slides? <coughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, my name is Clarissa Wan. I'm an analyst in the financial planning team at the PUC. Today I'll be presenting on an accept and expend request for the California Extended Arrearage Payment Program, which is a program to aid water and wastewater customers who accrued arrearages during the COVID-19 pandemic. This program will be abbreviated as QWAP or CWWAPP in the slides. Um, the program was established uh, on September 21st, 2021 by the Federal American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 as a part of the Coronavirus State Fiscal Recovery Fund with $985 million appropriated to water and wastewater systems for eligible arrearages accrued during the pandemic. After the program was established, the State Water Resources Control Board would administer the guidelines. Customers themselves wouldn't apply to receive its benefits. Instead, utilities would apply for the grants and distribute them to eligible customers. The COVID-19 pandemic bill relief period was March 2020 to June 2021. All customer types, residential, commercial, and municipal accounts were eligible to receive benefits. In addition to customer debts being eligible for funding, discounts given to customers were also eligible, such as those given through the PUC's COVID-19 emergency discount programs for both residential and commercial nonprofit customers, and our regular discounts given through the customer assistance program uh, for our low-income households. The first year of the program in 2021, it used approximately $385 million of funding, and all applicants received the full amount of funding requested. Uh, from the 2021 program, the PUC received roughly $16.6 million in funds. In 2023, Governor Newsom extended the program used to use the remaining $600 million in funds. In the program's 2023 iteration, the bill relief period was extended to include March 2020 through December 2022. 
Here is a snapshot of the 2023 program timeline. In December of 23, the PUC applied to the program, and today we're bringing this accept and spend request to the commission ahead of receiving funding. Per program guidelines, utilities have 60 days to distribute funds to eligible customers from the date that we receive the check. And based on communications with the state, we expect to receive the funding check in March, giving us a deadline of May to apply funds to customer accounts for water and wastewater. And at this time, we are also beginning to um, gather documentation for Board of Supervisors approval. And the last step of this program will be to return any unspent funds and to submit a closeout report to the state. And this slide shows a breakdown of our requested funds. So the funding requested in our application was based off data pulled of eligible customers with bills in that um, June 2021 through December 2022 period. And for water, we requested roughly $9.6 million. And for wastewater, requests of roughly $13.5 million. And we were also able to request um, coverage for administrative costs related to applying for and disbursing uh, funds. And this is estimated to be about $200,000. And I also want to note that from the time we pulled this data to the time that we will receive the funds and distribute credits, there will be naturally changes to accounts eligibility and benefits. Customers will continue to pay off um, debts in the meantime, which is why the PUC will need to return any excess funds to the state. And to avoid delays, as delays would mean less funds for our customers, we're presenting this accept and expend item today. Uh, this slide highlights the impact that the funding from this program will have on our customer arrearages and also our ongoing efforts to address these arrearages. Uh, this data is from 2023 reports. Uh, for water, our current arrearages are roughly $11.8 million, and with our funding request, we could cut this down to $4.5 million. For wastewater, we would go from $15.3 million in current arrearages to hopefully $6.2 million remaining. The program will provide significant support to customers and reduce our accounts payable by more than half. With an estimated $10.2 million remaining in total arrearages, the PUC plans to restart collections after program funds are applied and work with our communications and customer service teams to do so in a manner that is sensible, sensitive to vulnerable communities. Uh, thank you for listening and thank you for your time. Uh, are there any questions? Yeah, well, thank you for that report and uh, I guess $23 million is a, is a Good story, um, despite the debt that you know, it's being paid for. So that being said, a good story. Do we have any questions, uh, please, um, or comments? Commissioner Stacy? Uh, thank you, and I agree. It's, it's great to get the money. What I'm asking about is the gap, the $10.7 million gap. What is our <clears throat> sort of plan for that gap? Are we um, getting customers who are paying us back um, in some extended way, or are we hoping for more grants or uh, more money? Um, so, Kurt. Uh, okay. Hi, Nancy Holm, CFO, AGM for Business Services. So, our Customer Services Bureau currently is working with our is working with our customers who have existing arrearages and seeing if they're um, eligible for payment plans and encouraging them. Uh, that's, you know, they're, they're doing that right now. We also intend to work with our external affairs counterparts and have communications to them to create more awareness with that. And in addition, there is a campaign currently that's active for our customer assistance program as well. Commissioner Maxwell. Thank you. Um, so, so how does this work with our um, low-income program? And 
I mean, we just passed, I think it was last year, a real significant um, program. How does this all work with it, and how are you, how are you using it? Do you mean how the program funds, I mean, the funds from the program will affect the customer assistance well, program? Yeah, and are you using, are those the people that basically you're helping? Yes. And, and, and yeah, yes. So the funds that we applied for from this program um, go to various discount programs. So uh, discounts not only for the program uh, customers that are enrolled in uh, CAP currently, um, but also uh, our, our other programs. So uh, not all discounts in our application uh, that we included uh, are for people enrolled in CAP, but also not all CAP customers have debt. So that's not a complete overlap. Um, does that answer So that those question? people that, that are not in the CAP program, there are people who are not in that are still eligible for this, dis, for this program? Yes. And how do you... How do you um, well, you just look at their accounts. How is there any way that you, how do you know that they're just not paying? So uh, the data that we used for our application <coughs> is pulled from our customers' uh, accounts that show um, eligible discounts in that bill period. Um, and these are uh, past due balances beyond 90 days, and that's how they're eligible. Thank you. Commissioner Stacy, another uh, question? I had a follow-up question to Commissioner Maxwell. So when <clears throat> these funds are applied, are you prioritizing lower-income customers, or is it really based on how long their arrearages have been going on? Is it income-tested at all? I, th I think that's what you were getting at, Commissioner Maxwell, or no? I just wonder how do we how do we decide where to in, apply the funds? So the funds will be applied to the customer accounts that were um, included in the application. So it was all uh, customers in that eligible bill period um, that would have their information submitted to the state, and those are the ones that we we will be applying the funds to. And how did you decide who to include, oh. or which oh. customers to include? Every customer is eligible. There's no okay. income There's criteria, nothing. commercial, residential, yeah. municipal, anyone with debt that is from that time period is eligible for the program, and we applied for and expect to receive the full amount. Got it. Thank you. Great. Any other questions? Okay. Thank you, team, for that presentation. Thank you. Um, let us open up item 11 to the public comment, please. Too many members of the public present to provide comment on item 11. Nobody Let's here. And no caller in the queue. Okay, thank you. Um, so can we get a motion and second to approve the acceptance of funds in item 11? Move to approve. Second. So motion and second. Can we have a roll call, please? President Paulson? Aye. Vice President Rivera? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Stacy. Aye. And four ayes. Great. So item... 12 and 13 are related financial items, and um, so we'd like to hear them um, together if we could, and, and I assume there's going to be one presentation from one a gentleman who's at the computer right now. 
So item 12 is <coughs> approved credit. Can you read those items, please? Yes. Item 12, approve a credit facility for the wastewater enterprise interim funding program in the principal amount of 150 million in the form of one amended and restated fee agreement with Sumimoto Mitsui Banking Corporation for a term of five years and two, a second amendment to the reimbursement agreement. And item 13, approve the form of amendment number four to the credit agreement and associated amended and restated fee agreement with J.P. Morgan Chase Bank National Association with an initial not to exceed commitment amount of $75 million and extend the term of the agreement by three years for a total duration of nine years and authorize a general manager to negotiate final terms and execute the agreement amendment to the credit agreement and associated amended and restated fee agreement subject to Board of Supervisors' approval of the ordinance amending ordinance number 8-18. Uh, good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Edward Kwong, SFPC Finance. Uh, normally, our Capital Finance Director, Nikolai Skolarov, would be making this presentation, but he's out sick today. Um, commissioners, we bring before you today two credit items for your consideration, one for our wastewater enterprise interim funding program and one for support of our Clean Power SF program. Uh, this is a quick summary of what we'll dis be discussing today. These are two separate agreements being considered requiring separate action, um, uh, but being presented as one presentation. The first agreement is with Sumitomo Mitsui Bank for the wastewater funding program, and the second is with JP Morgan for the Clean Power SF program. I note that both these items were part of the fiscal 24 capital financing plan presented in the fall. The first item today is the item for the $150 million credit facility for wastewater. Uh, as this commission knows, uh, we have a $750 million interim funding program to support wastewater's capital programs. Uh, the interim funding program consists of five series that combine allow for the issuance of up to $675 million of commercial paper and also consists of one series that is a $75 million revolving uh, line of credit. The highlighted series is the uh, credit facility that we'll be replacing today. Uh, a reminder, um, commercial paper and the interim funding program provides a low-cost interim funding for the capital program. Uh, at today's rates, the all-in borrowing cost is approximately 3.5%. Uh, although it's higher in recent years, uh, typically this is lower than our long-term revenue bond rate. Um, the credit facility expiring today is Series A1, which is $150 million uh, letter of credit with Sumitomo Mitsui Bank. Uh, the letter of credit expires March 7th. To replace the facility, the SFPC solicited bids from a pre-qualified pool of credit providers, and Sumitomo Mitsui was selected as the lowest cost responsive and responsible bidder. Today's action is the approval of the selected $150 million facility with SMBC to be executed as an amendment to the existing documents. Uh, this slide shows um, the key terms of the replacement facility. Again, it's a five-year uh, letter of credit at 30 basis points. And I'll note that this is actually slightly lower than uh, the facility of which it replaces, which is 32 basis points. We'll be asking for your approval of the form of the documents to support this agreement. Uh, amendment two to the existing reimbursement agreement and an amended 
restated um, fee agreement and the form of the offering memorandum, which will support uh, the issuance of commercial paper. Um, I'm happy to pause for questions now, or we can wait till the end. So does anybody have a question um, for this first item before we get into the second one? Okay. We wait. Okay, we're on item. Um, sure. We welcome back um, second Commissioner item. Jami. Hold on one second, oh, sure. and uh, so we will move on, and we'll ask questions after uh, you present on item on the second item. Thank you. Very good. Um, the second item we'll discuss today is an amendment to the credit agreement that supports our Clean Power SF program. Uh, this slide is a brief background uh, for this item. The commission and the board of supervisors in January of 2018 concurrently approved authorization for the general manager to enter into credit agreements for his Clean Power SF program up to $150 million and up to six years. Uh, in March of 2018, Clean Power S entered into a five-year agreement for an initial amount of $75 million, um, and this agreement was subsequently uh, extended for one year and amended to $20 million and will expire in March of this year. Uh, this past December, this commission approved the proposed ordinance amendment that would extend the authority of the general manager to enter into credit agreements for Clean Power SF for an additional 10 years with no change to the maximum agreements authorized up to $150 million. That ordinance was subsequently approved by the full board uh, February 6th and signed by the mayor uh, February 16th. And uh, that's the authorization of which we're relying on for this amendment today. Why has credit uh, support been needed for Clean Power SF? Um, the credit agreement has primarily been used uh, to issue standby letters of credit to secure payment obligations of Clean Power SF's power purchase agreements. Additionally, standby letters of credit have also been issued to satisfy uh, financial security requirements, such as those required for solar interconnection agreements with PG&E. Finally, this agreement is also a revolving line of credit that can be used uh, and drawn upon for working capital needs of Clean Power SF, although this agreement to date has not been used for that purpose. Uh, the key terms of this $75 million agreement, um, again, we're uh, um, increasing the agreement from 20 million back up to its original 75 million with an extension for an additional three years, total term of nine years. Uh, the agreement will allow for the same purposes as it's used for today, but we'll mention that we are increasing the agreement back to the initial 75 in anticipation of possible revisions to the California PUC requirements requiring CCAs to post uh, financial security um, to the incumbent utilities in the event there's a mass return of customers. Um, as of today, I believe we're still waiting for clarification on the updates to that calculation. Um, other key terms of the amendment are um, the fee of 45 basis points, which is lower than the current fee of 50, letter of credit fees of 1.25% versus right now it's a range of 1.4% to 2.05%, depending on the term, um, and revisions to working capital draws. Um, but again, to date we haven't used those, but Overall, the terms are favorable for this PC. And the documents uh, for this uh, action are the fourth amendment to the existing credit agreement and a second amended and restated fee agreement for your consideration. Um, and that concludes the presentation. I'm happy to take any questions. Okay, so thank you. Um, and I guess we will take them um, 
Whatever questions you have for items 12 and item 13 uh, regarding these uh, credit agreements. Um, Commissioner Stacy. Uh, thank you. I think you said for the um, J.P. Morgan agreement that the fees have gone down, and I'm not sure I heard whether you said that was also the case on the Sumitomo Mitsui. Yes, uh, the is. fees have gone down slightly for the Sumitomo agreement as well. Uh -huh. And then the, the bank rate is sort of based on market conditions. Is that um, for both agreements? It is based on market conditions, mm -hmm. but um, it's each bank has their own internal rate of return, mm -hmm. um, and they may provide different rates to different um, entities like ourselves um, just mm -hmm. based on how their credit model and what they're allowed to propose to us. So it could be many factors, including market conditions. So it's hard to say whether that's... It's hard to say exactly, upper, yeah. yeah. But okay. generally, the advice we've gotten is expect rates to go up as rates go up. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Rivera? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of have a question along the same lines uh, in terms of uh, the adjustability of these rates um, and I guess potentially uh, if there's um, uh, some harm that would come to the SFPUC by them going, like is there a, um, a ceiling or a, a, a maximum so that we're not uh, vulnerable? Um, well, the rates of the agreements are as agreed upon based on our credit rating as of the date the agreement is signed. So that won't change for the term that we're agreeing to today. Okay. Um, if market rates drop, perhaps there's I mean, an opportunity we could explore terminating. If, if there's, there's very options that we can to capture market rates if, if the PUC searches, you know, decides to go down that road. Um, but your question about, um, we use, um, for example, the wastewater facility for the issuance of commercial paper, and co the marketing of commercial paper is at prevailing market rates, um, regardless of the supporting credit facility. So uh, as long as we issue, we're regularly issuing and remarketing, we're getting the, the market rate for those notes. Any other questions, commissioners? Um, okay, well, Mr. Kwan, thank you for your presentation of both those items. We will be um, taking um, separate votes on each of these, but we should open this up to public comment, and I guess for both of those items, please. Do we have any members of the public present to provide public comment on items number 12 and 13? Seeing none. None and no callers. Okay, so let's take these one at a time. On uh, item 12, is there a motion and second to approve um, this uh, item 12, please? Move to approve. Second. There's a motion and second. Can we have a roll call, please? President Paulson? Aye. Vice President Rivera? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Jami? Aye. Commissioner Stacy? Aye. Can you have five ayes? Okay, that's one. Item 13 um, for Amendment 4. Is there a motion and a second, please? Motion to approve. Second. Can we have a roll call, please? President Paulson? Aye. Vice President Rivera? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Jami? Aye. Commissioner Stacy? Aye. You have five ayes. 
Okay, so the financial stuff is uh, moving forward. Thank you. Okay, item uh, 14. Uh, Donna, can you read uh, item 14? Item 14, discussion and possible action to adopt a meeting procedure to allow members of the public to offer remote public comment whenever public comment is called during a regular or special meeting of the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. Okay, thank you. So this item was brought up um, by, um, in, uh, initially by one uh, commissioner, Commissioner Ajami, and so I would like to have her um, uh, move this, move this item, or not move it officially, but to move this item um, based on the, this request. Commissioner Ajami, you're up. It just, um, you know, I appreciate having this uh, item on the agenda. Uh, again, reiterating the reason um, I wanted to see this. Uh, you know, we our service area goes beyond our city limits, and we have a lot of customers that are, as we, we had an item today about wastewater treatment plants up in the up in the country. So, and we have a lot of customers down in the peninsula. It is important for everybody to be able to access um, and provide comments and perspective to what we do, from, even if they can't drive or if they're in, they, they live far away. So um, that's why this item is up, and I want to move this item, and um, hopefully we'll have enough votes to re reinstate the public comment. Great. Thank you. Comment. Great. Thank you. I, um and I, I would like to, before we um, continue to move this forward, I'm, I'm just going to say up, up front that I'm, um, I'm the first person that would uh, say that we need to have public comment, and I, I'm, I'm waiting for the time when, when we can get that, no, ma no matter when that particularly comes. I, I think it's, uh, um, it has been noted that you know we go all the way from down south all the way up to the, up to the area. But um, at that being said, I, I know that I am a commissioner. I am not a mayor. I am not a member of the Board of Supervisors. And there was a reason why um, public comment um, did go on pause. And this wasn't just because of what all happened during COVID, but what happened is because of, of a particular uh, series of events that have been taking place you know, up and down the state of California and in many areas of the country in which very um, in which people were getting zoom bombed and city councils and 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 different agencies were ac actually getting stifled in, in their ability to conduct business because of racist and anti-semitic people that are coming in I actually it's funny I saw a, an article in the Chronicle yesterday I guess it just happened up in up in totally destroyed the meeting up in up in uh, up in Walnut Creek and I know that we are not um, you know, the Board of Supervisors or a particular city, but we're a, a large agency. Um, and like I said, I, am, I don't feel as a commissioner, I am not a legislator. And, um, and when the Board of Supervisors um, decides that it's important to uh, get uh, remote public comment back, um, I, will, I will welcome that particular day. And when, if uh, the mayor who has directed us to not have public comment um, had that directive um, rescinded or coming back, then I would be the first one to be there. But I, I just don't really feel like you know that is our role as commissioners right now. So that that's why I'm going to vote no. Um, um, and I'm sure that there are people that are. I've seen the letters that have come in saying that we should have public comment, and and they're echoing what I think you know we're going to hear, and that is you know we go all the way from from Yosemite down to you know the other different areas, so we know that that happens. But I have going to many commissions and many board meetings and, 
and whatever over my career. I have not seen a tremendous um, urgency at this particular um, commission for public comment. I know that some of the letters say that, you know, we're going to, if we, if we don't do this, you know, democracy as we know it is going to disappear off the earth. But um, that being said, um, I, I, I think that you know, I, I can't wait until we get to that point where we can come back. But I'm going to vote no right now. So just want to let people uh, know where I'm at. Um, next, uh, Commissioner uh, Stacy. Uh, thank you. I, um, I I also take very seriously the the mayor's directive, and I respect the board of supervisors' decision. I also strongly prefer in-person comments. Sometimes I have follow-up questions that I don't think of right away when the caller's on the line. I really like to have um, somebody here for follow-up questions. I also thought, I have a lot of thoughts, sorry, and they're a little scattered. I thought that the commission might want to know um, what the cost was to the commission, and so I asked uh, Ms. Hood and Mr. Herrera how, how much it would cost and what kind of staff needs there would be. And it, the estimate that um, they provided to me was that it's about, it's just under $1,100 a hearing, so if we have 20 hearings a year, it's it's $22,000 cost, and then the staff time that's needed for the uh, hearings itself. On the other hand, uh, I, I really agree with Commissioner Ajami that our system spans the entire state. There are people up on the Tuolumne River, there are people in Moccasin, there is our Bosca customer service area. There are lots of people that um, are interested in the water system that who don't live uh, in San Francisco and I think it's really important that we make it easy for them to um, make public comment we have gotten a really critical written public comment from people ahead of time which is also which is very helpful but I I do think that the PUC is probably more like the retirement board in that interested people are scattered. Um, they're not all in San Francisco, and so it's more difficult for them to get here to testify in person. And while I prefer um, the testimony in person and it, it feels uh, more meaningful to me personally as because I'd have the ability to follow up with questions, um, I, I, am, I am supportive of extending um, remote public comment, uh, or reinstating remote public comment again. It was something that we got used to during COVID for a few years, and um, I think that it does allow better participation, and uh, I think that it's an important role for the commission to play to hear from the public and to allow people to comment on all aspects of um, our system, but especially because both our water system and even our, our uh, energy enterprise has uh, effects throughout the state, and I think our wastewater system, we do not uh, operate in isolation. There are all kinds of other um, wastewater utilities that, and, and people who are affected by what we do that I'd like to broaden the opportunity to hear from them. So I'm, I'm interested in uh, hearing 
the rest of the commissioners if you have comments about it, but I, I'm inclined to uh, vote to reinstate public comment. Thank you. Commissioner Rivera. <clears throat> Thank you, President Paulson. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of been torn um, with this decision also, um, but I did um, read a lot of the letters that we received during uh, our recent um, comments, and a lot of them stated that, you know, there were members that are disabled, they can't drive down here, they can't come down here, but um, we already have a mechanism for those people. They are allowed to make public comment on the uh, phone. They can make remote. They're, they're, they're not being um, uh, sequestered or not allowed to, to do anything. They can. So they just have to request it, and they're allowed to make a, uh, a phone comment. Furthermore, I know that there's been um, also some discussion about um, the amount of time that people have to speak. And um, if there's something that the public wants to let us know that's more than two minutes, they can easily send an email. Uh, we receive quite a few emails. A lot of them are very, very well written, very thoughtful. Uh, bring up some great points, and w I understand that couldn't be um, put into a two-minute uh, uh, limit. So um, I appreciate it. I think I think we already do have um, uh, accommodations and mechanisms for people that can't get down here. And then, uh, furthermore, I will say that uh, when the remote public comment was rescinded, um, we've had a, a lot of people come down here in person with extremely moving um, testimony and just, I mean, I, I've been very moved by the people who've showed up here uh, in person. I think there's something to be said about um, an in-person testimony as opposed to over the phone. Sometimes there's not a good connection. Sometimes there's um, uh, issues to not really understand what the person is uh, saying uh, clearly. And um, I, I just feel like that uh, it, I, I don't really support the um, going back to remote uh, public comment. Um, that's it, thank you. Commissioner Maxwell. Well, I am definitely in support of, I think this is real democracy and there's no price you can put on democracy. Wait till we don't have it. But if you, when a person can call from anywhere and have direct contact with the policymaker, what is better than that? That's what this whole th country is about. And so if there's a problem, we can always rescind it. But um, as far as I'm concerned, I agree with um, Commissioner Stacy and, and Commissioner Jami, and I am definitely in favor of it. Okay, everybody's spoken. Does anybody else um, have any extra comments? Commissioners? Okay, um, let us uh, go to public comment, um, and I'm guessing we probably have some requests for remote public comment. I have uh, one speaker heard, Mr. Evans. So if you are in the building, public comment is open, please. <clears throat> Hello, commissioners. <clears throat> My name is Jacob Evans. I'm an organizer with Seattle, California. Uh, I just wanna say thank you for bringing I'm to a vote and thank you to Commissioner Ajami for bringing the issue of remote public comment up at these meetings. 
Uh, myself and volunteers at Sierra Club are grateful that you all have recognized the impact that remote public comment has on public participation because as you likely know, remote public comment is an essential tool for ensuring equitable access to public meetings. The voices of elders, caregivers, working class people, and people across the Bay Area without private transportation, as you all were saying, have been dampened these past few months without the ability to give public comment remotely, and we're looking forward to their return. On a more serious note, the commission makes decisions that impact the 2.7 million people across the Bay Area and the state who rely on water that SFUC supplies. The commission's budget will impact the more than 800,000 people in SF who, have their, who will have their waste and wastewater bills tripled by 2044. The entire Bay Area ecosystem will be harmed by the SFPUC's actions against the updates to the Bay Delta plan and the agency's insistence on low freshwater flows to the Bay Delta. It is imperative that the voices of the people who will be affected most by these decisions have access to SFPUC meetings. So thank you for your consideration of remote public comment. Thank you. Yeah, are there any more folks here for public comment? Please come to the microphone if you're here. Okay, if not, do we have any um, requests for remote public comment? No, the caller is not present. Okay, so public comment is closed. So can I get a motion and second um, regarding item 14, please? I move to approve. Is there a second? So there's a motion and a second for item 14 um, to reinstate the remote public comment. Um, can we have a roll call, please? President Paulson? No. Uh, Vice President Rivera? No. Commissioner Maxwell? Commissioner Jami? Commissioner Stacy? Yes. So item 14 passes uh, three to two. And um, and just as a comment, and Donna, you will um, who continue to work with uh, IT and SFGov, you will, and et cetera, you will uh, make sure that works. Okay, thank yes. you. Okay, item 15, communications. Are, is there anything on that calendar that we, uh, that needs to be pointed out? Seeing none, let's go to item 16. Are there any items uh, to be initiated by the commissioners? Seeing none, and we have nothing else, um, we are now adjourned. So thank you, everyone. Fastest meeting ever. Okay.